Coming up on today's Locked On Big Ten, Jay Stevens is in to recap every game from the Big Ten schedule over the weekend. And if the AP could end the season today, it would have two Big Ten teams in the college football playoff. We'll start off asking Jay about that right here on Locked On Big Ten. You are Locked On Big Ten, your daily podcast on the Big Ten Conference. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You're listening into Locked On Big Ten, everything you need to know about the Big Ten Conference every single weekday. Coming up on today's show, we, of course, got the review of the weekend in Big Ten football, all of the biggest games to go over with Jay Stevens of Locked On Buckeyes, our Monday co-host joining us on the show today. I'm your host, Nate Dickinson. Jay, let's dive right into the biggest news of the day. Thank you for making Locked On Big Ten your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. But Jay, the biggest news is, of course, the two teams ahead of your Buckeyes in the AP poll. Right now, at least, if the AP decided things, Big Ten would have two college football playoff teams. Iowa's up to three, Penn State's up to four. It was predictable after what we saw on Saturday, but now it's official. What do you make of that first as an Ohio State fan coverage guy reporter someone who has your head on that team more than anything seeing those two teams not only being ranked above ohio state but being ranked so high as to say that now nationally they're being recognized as real contenders i personally think that from the ohio state point of view is kind of where the season has gone forward and it's ohio state the improvement we have seen over the past couple games if that continues, I do think Ohio State will be in a dogfight with Penn State at the end of this month, and it potentially will face Iowa in the Big Ten Championship game. But Ohio State has to improve. I don't think – I do think there will be a big test at the end of the season um, in, no, well, in November as well. But as Ohio State's standpoint, it's kind of – they're kind of where things are going to be so far right now. They have to continue to win and improve to get their – to rise up to the top. When it comes to Iowa and Penn State, they continue to win. They continue to look impressive. There is a team that I think in Michigan State that if they keep playing like they are, they very well can find themselves inside the top 10 as well. I think they're number 11 right now, if I'm not mistaken. They can find themselves in the top 10 as well, undefeated, undefeated to this point in the season, and they're not slowing down. Mel Tucker has those boys playing very, very well. Ohio State needs to improve to continue to move up. Tough test against Penn State at the end of this month. But for the rest of the Big Ten, well, the other teams, Iowa, keep improving. Michigan State will find themselves up there. All this talk about the SEC in the offseason, hey, the Big Ten Conference is going to have a lot to say at the end of the season about how many teams they'll have in the playoff. I mean, the door is wide open for a whole bunch of teams right now. A bunch of teams keep on losing. So it's all there. Let's yeah, go over real quick uh, all of the AP rankings just so everyone has that baseline. Iowa 3, Penn State 4, Ohio State's at 7 now, moved up four spots. Michigan State again up to 11. That's six spots up. Then you go all the way down, and I don't see another Big Ten team in the mix there. You get into the others receiving votes. And then you get into teams like, and I'm trying to see if there's any Big Ten teams even on that list now. 
No, I don't think there is actually. Oh no, Michigan. No, that's Western Michigan. Michigan's at a number nine, and that's the team that I'm missing. Michigan number nine, I skipped over. Okay, so we got to all of it. It was a long road for me to try and get there, Jay, but we got to all of them. But that's the way the Big Ten stacks up at the moment. Again, those two teams at the top dominating. I think it's just exciting that there's five undefeated teams right now, but we know there's going to be at least one less because we have Iowa and Penn State facing off in Pennsylvania this weekend. That's going to be, I mean, there's like probably, I'll probably say game of the year like three, four times by the time this is all said and done this season. Maybe Indiana, Iowa, first game of the year, first week of the year, I said, meant could have been game of the year, Penn State, Wisconsin. This is a game of the year, I guess, candidate for the Big Ten. As far as impact, obviously it'll have in the conference, but of course all the nation's eyes are going to be on it too. Number three against number four this weekend. As We'll talk about it later in the week, but really too, this is just two teams. And I'll get your touch on this too, Jay. These are two teams who are not only number three, number four in the country, but like really playing exactly the kind of football that they want to play to start this season. I'm really excited to see what they do this weekend. Oh yeah. I'm excited about this game and think about this really quickly. Think about the luxury that it's been for Penn state to have. Yeah. At the beginning of the season, you go on the road to Madison, Wisconsin. That's a tough test and you beat Wisconsin. That was a team that I think, People projected to be good. We see some flaws right now in their team, but you projected that to be a really good team at that time, at that point in the season. So that was a really good, hard-fought battle at that point. But Penn State gets Auburn at home. They got Indiana at home, and now they're going to get Iowa at home as well. It's really interesting how in this time, coming off of the season that they had last year and the season they're having right now, they're getting three tough up well, Indiana's. If Indiana had some type of an offense, I think they could be a better a better uh, type of opponent. But still, you never know what you're going to get from the Hoosiers going on the road with the team they currently have. So you have Indiana. That would be a tough test, you would think. Penn State plays very well. Auburn goes to Penn State. Tough test, prime time, played very well. This next week is not in prime time. Iowa, Penn State, it's a 4 p.m. Eastern kick. I believe it's on Big Fox, not FS1. So it's still a home game of big luxury for Penn State that they're getting three tough opponents at home this season. Well, there's plenty of time to look forward and ahead to all of that. We got to take it one week at a time, too. That's one thing you always have to try and keep in mind if you're keeping an eye on this conference and the teams in it is that you have to get through every individual week, too. And we still got to get through what happened last weekend. We're going to talk about it in just a minute here on Locked On Big Ten. Before we go, though, Jay, I had one more little thing to touch on. Sports Illustrated posted an article, and I, I should give credit to the person who actually wrote the whole thing, but I didn't. Um, 555.6 yards per game right now the Ohio State Buckeyes have. That's on pace to break the Big Ten record for total offense. I feel like I've asked you the question before, Jay, but there's a difference between being the team that recruits so well that it's always able to reload. This is a different kind of special, what Ohio State's putting together after you lose what you had in a quarterback in Justin Fields and have a new guy coming in and all the other pieces that are gone. How is this team able to do it without? I mean, I mean, I'm not even saying, shouldn't even say having a hitch in its step. It's less than that. It's being able to be better than it was before on offense at the very least. I firmly think it's something that's happened recently in practice. And I don't want to make light of a situation that happened at Ohio State 
where a guy went off, said something on Twitter after he was leaving the sidelines and got dismissed from the team the very next way because of the way he blew up when he was waved off the field. I'm not trying to make light of that situation, but I firmly think that there is there was something that happened that week when you had two guys enter the transfer portal, one on a Wednesday, one on a Sunday. The next thing you know, you're at practice with your team on Monday, Monday and it's like, those two guys are no longer part of this program. The offense was already hitting on all cylinders, but we saw focus last week from Ohio State that I had not seen all year just yet. Speaking about the offense specifically, let's just say that this offense keeps that focus and the drive they had last week and Travion Henderson continues to play the way that he is and Stroud keeps silencing the critics like he has done. We may see this offense put up astronomical numbers throughout the rest of the season. I heard the number you mentioned earlier, but this team, this offense, it's really, really explosive. If you look at the stats and look at how big their touchdown plays are, it might make your eyes pop out of your head because they're doing things that you don't really expect to happen this frequently. This is how good this offense can be. Some big tests coming up, and this team can continue this run all season long if they continue to improve and also if they keep the focus that they have had over the past two games. Yeah, I mean, listen, we're not in the locker rooms. We don't know what motivates a team or gets a team ready to go on a weekend or anything like that. But, I mean, you said it. The two dots are there. If you want to connect them, you more than easily could. Well, All right, college football fanatics. Have you heard of Prize Picks? It's a new daily fantasy platform that does it a little bit differently. I love the way they have their setup with how they play their games, and you're going to love it too. How things works over prize picks is again a little bit different and it's especially cool for college football fans. Prize picks offers more college football props than anyone in the world and offers all the star players in the Power Five as well as in those mid major teams as well. There's plenty of those squads that I know people who listen in root for throughout Big Ten country too. So this is a chance for you to be able to get involved with those games as well in a way that really you can't in any other way. Prize picks offers props on really anything you can think of. How things work is you pick two to five players in an over-under on one of their projections, and you can win up to 10 times on any entry. It's just you against those projected numbers. Head on over to Prize Picks right now to check out the site. It's prizepicks.com, and you can use our promo code LOCKED ON as well for a welcome bonus of a deposit match up to $100. Again, that's prizepicks.com. Our promo code locked on will mean that they'll match your deposit again up to $100, 100%. Head on over again, at least to look and see more about what they're about. It's a different way to play daily fantasy sports. And whenever this new kind of style of game comes out, I always try and check it out. You should too, prizepicks.com. When you go out to eat and you just get that kind of perfect dish out from the kitchen, you wonder, why is it that they can do this here, but I can't do it at my home? The answer is, out there, the pros have the right tools. And you can have the right tools, too, if you use made-in cookware. These guys are the real deal. Made-in produces professional-quality cookware for those who love to cook. These are the finest materials that they source, just like you need the best ingredients. If you want your food to be great, you need the best, again, cookware and materials sourced, again, all over 
to make this stuff. It's partnered with renowned craftsmen to make premium kitchen tools available directly to you without any sort of markup. Maiden has more than 40,000 five-star reviews and their products are used by some of the world's best chefs at Michelin-starred restaurants around the world. Maiden, better cookware for better meals. And right now, Maiden is offering our listeners 15% off your first order with our promo code LOCKED ON. This is the best discount available anywhere online for Maiden products. Again, our promo code LOCKED ON for 15% off your first order at Maiden. Welcome back into Locked On Big Ten. We got everything you need to know about the conference every single weekday. Here on a Monday, Jay Stevens of Locked On Buckeyes is in with us as always to break down the last weekend in Big Ten football. And we've got here the first weekend really of Big Ten conference conference play. A couple of non-conference games. We won't touch on those all that much. Not too much to discuss with Illinois' win or Michigan State's, I don't think, Jay. But if you have something to say, you can. I want to start with the big game, of course, in the Fox noon kickoff matchup. Michigan destroyed Wisconsin by the end of it led wire to wire though and the narrative continued that I think makes things really interesting and I was hoping kind of this would be the result Michigan beats up on Wisconsin a team that looked really good continues to look really good Uh, honestly I, I wouldn't have gotten too excited about that Wisconsin team being able to beat that Michigan team so the narrative that Michigan's still really really good lives on and i I like the narratives where Big Ten teams are still really, really good. So that's why I liked it. But what did you see out of what was another really good performance from Jim Harbaugh's team? It's now 5-0, and one of the 5-0 and teams that is among five of them in the Big Ten. I want to give credit to where credit is due, and I'm going to give credit to the Michigan defense. We can talk all about the offense and how they looked and putting up 38 points against that really, really, really good Wisconsin defense. But when you hold a team to 43 rushing yards, 1.3 yards a pop. Now, that is not sack adjusted because sack yards are put into your regular rushing yards for a quarterback, which do offset and diminish how many rushing yards you guys, a team does have. But I'm going to give credit to the Michigan defense right now. I can talk all, we could talk all about the things that have happened. Uh, the fleet flicker to score the first touchdown, which I thought that was a phenomenal play call. Uh, we saw Cade uh, McNamara through a beautiful touchdown pass to the back of the end zone or to the side of the left portion of the end zone. And we can talk all about the offense. But the defense to me is, I think, the story of this team right now. Their front being physical, dominating, controlling. Aiden Hutchinson continues to be a guy that's going to be an all-Big Ten potential, all-American type of player. That's how good he is. Him and George Karloftis from Purdue going to be high draft picks in this upcoming season first round potential for both of them that's how good they are this defense knows everybody knows if you slow down the rushing attack of wisconsin which hasn't really been world beaters like we expect and you force them to use their quarterback graham mertz or i think chase wolf as a backup which isn't really saying much either you're going to have a really 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 good chance to win the game and that's what they did 38-17 win. I'm giving credit to the Michigan Wolverines defense right now, making the Wisconsin offense one-dimensional, and we see what happens when you do that. So as much as I I do think this is a big win for Michigan, biggest win it's had this season, and over a program like Wisconsin, I mean, again, also a program like Michigan, Isaiah Hole, I can hear him yelling that into my ear right now on Thursday's episode. But as far as what Michigan did, really – I think it's more a matter of 
just Michigan kind of building up to whatever their big, big game is down the road. Uh, Wisconsin, this was, again, a more defining loss of, I mean, they're now 1-3, and 0-2 oh in the Big Ten. Uh, I, when they lose these games, the thought is before, like, okay, Wisconsin, maybe now they can't win the Big Ten. They have two Big Ten losses. But they can still be a team that's like, you know, a, a team that can play spoiler on any given Saturday to an Iowa, a Penn State, things like that. But with the way that Wisconsin's played and, and the way that that offense has played in particular, with the way that Graham Mertz has played in even more particular, I'm now asking myself, like, is this team, obviously it's talented enough to do that, to play spoiler to any team. But is this going to be a team that has that talent but just can't get it done because that quarterback play isn't there. And I know that's really harsh. And I have said that Wisconsin's a team that can be really good, even if Graham Mertz is just okay. But in my opinion, Graham Mertz was just okay. He did fine in this game. I mean, the stats, I don't think he did quite as good as like what the stats would say. He was eight for 15, 115 yards, one touchdown, no interception. So it's not like he was turning the ball over in the way that had been the big problem before. But what he did in this game was fine. And Wisconsin still got rolled over in a pretty big way. I think this might be now a, a more question of, is this a real, real down year for Wisconsin? As opposed to, is this just a year where Wisconsin happened to not win the big games? I think it's, it's one of those down years, man. I mean, it's just one of those years where things just aren't getting put together. We're seeing who the real Graham Mertz is. He's played oh, I He's not a start. I don't think he's a starting quarterback that Wisconsin thought he would be and the kind of starting quarterback that they would be looking for. But it's just one of those down years, and everybody everybody has them. Let's but, what, but what is a down year for Wisconsin? I'm looking it up right now. Like, I'm, I'm looking – down year for Wisconsin is, well, I guess – recently it's a good year is seven and two they had in 2020 or 2019 uh, um oh that's conference wins and losses here over this way uh, i guess down years for wisconsin's i mean they're getting like eight wins at a minimum still for the past decade plus right or yeah, no I mean, two you're, decades you're, three decades you want to you want to get probably seven eight wins um they've been in the big 10 conference championship game numerous times even going back to the very first one in 2011 i believe that was a russell wilson year and I want to say the year after that or two years later, they were back in it again. Ohio State in 2019, and then also um, a couple of years prior, they played Wisconsin in the Big Ten championship game. So Wisconsin's been one of the best teams in the Big Ten for quite a while. But all of a sudden, it seems like a, this is probably just going to be one of those abnormal down years for Wisconsin. But Not that's what I'm, I'm asking. Is it going to be more than that, though? Is it going to be more than that? It, like it, this team is one and three right now, and the the non conference schedule is done. It lost it lost games already. Or what? It's got Army left in the non conference schedule. Yeah. So I mean, is this team that's going to be able to get to that eight win mark? Like if that's like the low bar for Wisconsin, which I mean, in, in my opinion, it is. Like yeah, it should beat the rest of the teams on the schedule. Going down, Illinois is a win. Purdue mm -hmm. should be a win. Northwest or Northwestern is going to be a win now if they keep playing that way. But uh, I mean, looking at Purdue should be a win. Minnesota should be a win. Nebraska should be a win. Those are all three games that I'm definitively at the start of the season saying Wisconsin has no problem with that. I'm now questioning more whether or not the Badgers have a problem with. That's the point I'm trying to make is that 
that difference between a normal Wisconsin down year and is there something actually wrong here is starting to creep into my mind. I mean, some of it's recruiting. I mean, you put a lot of stock into Graham Mertz and you showed you got signs last year that maybe he isn't the guy, but you still had all of your stock in Graham Mertz again this year. Recruiting, I don't know what's going on with the running back situation because normally yeah. the running back is their thing. I mean, I, I do think a seven or eight win season for them, is it likely that it's probably seven? Absolutely. Is it the end of the world that it's going to be two years in a row? Probably not. I do think it's just one of those down years that's not going to be a consistent string of down years. You mentioned Illinois should be a win. They should beat Army. They should beat Purdue. Iowa's a loss. Rutgers will be very, very tough. They should beat Northwestern. They should – with Nebraska's going to be tough, depending on the whole Scott Frost thing. That'll be tough. And Minnesota could be tough. I think they should beat Minnesota. But if you look at it, probably seven, that's realistic. Eight, maybe. But that's just kind of where they are right now. It's unfortunate. Everybody has these years every now and then. Ohio State's had them. Michigan's, Michigan's had them. Michigan State's had them. Iowa's had them. I mean, you look at across the Big Ten landscape, everybody has occasional down years. This is just probably because it's going to be one of those down years. Seven wins possibly. They're, they're going to be bowl eligible. I would be really shocked if they did not win six games this year. There, there's too much talent on that team for that to not happen. It's one of those years, man, where things just aren't hitting on all, on all cylinders. I mean, think about it. Penn State, what they had last year, that disaster, turned it around very quickly. That very well could be, could be Wisconsin next season. All right. I guess, I guess it's just it's saying something that that's where it is, is that we're now yeah. hoping that the only problem is that Graham Mertz is terrible. That's like what we're hoping for, is that it's just that Graham Mertz is terrible. Anyway, let's move on. Uh, Iowa dominated Maryland. Uh, I thought it was a little bit respectful only to have Iowa's three-point favorites, but I mean, 37 points is more disrespectful. Um, Iowa absolutely tore apart the team that, in my opinion, had looked just on paper the best in the Big Ten. I mean, the offense had been great statistically. The Maryland had been look, just looked really good. So I was like, hey, maybe the Terrapins can do something uh, again. I was playing its best football right now and nothing was going to stop them in with the talent that Maryland had out there uh, on Saturday. I don't think, or Friday that was. No, not at all. Yeah. I was such a good football team, man. If you were to ask me going into this game, would uh, the Iowa defense could uh, make Talia throw five interceptions? If I would have said yes or no, I would have said absolutely not. Talia is not throwing five interceptions in any game this season. But he did come away. Five interceptions thrown. He did throw two through touch two touchdowns. 16 for 29, 157 in the air, 5.4 yards per completion. That's not the average stat line for Talia Tungavailoa. I gave some love to the defense of Michigan earlier. I gotta show love to the to the Iowa Hawkeyes as well. Completely dominating and stretching and exercising their muscle in this game. And Spencer Petrus looks really comfortable I mean I know coming into the season I heard somebody say I'm not really a believer in Spencer Petrus and what he did last year I'm not sure how much he can improve in this offense he's realizing they're not going to ask me to do too much because the defense will help me do things that get the get the ball in favorable field position and let this offense move up and down the field very very we had a QB sneak of this game we had a fullback run and the goal line for a touchdown he had Spencer Petrus who had 200, I believe, let me get my numbers right, 259 passing yards, three touchdowns, 21 for 30. Those, I would not have expected that. 
but it's a defense once again helping the offense get favorable field position and the offense taking advantage of that. Iowa's defense amazing. Iowa taking advantage of all of the mistakes of Maryland. I think it was 37 unanswered points by the Hawkeyes in this game. Hawkeyes dominated early. They put, they put their foot on the neck of Maryland and did not let up at all. 51 points from the Hawkeyes. Didn't see that one coming when this game started. Yeah, I just told Maryland's still really good. I, I thought they were fun to watch all year this year on offense. I thought they were fun to watch all year on offense last year throughout that pandemic year, trying to figure out exactly what that team was. It, it was uh, pieces were there you saw, and you start to see it come together really at the beginning. I hope this doesn't derail things too much for them. Built Bar is happy to help bring you the show today here on a Monday. We'll have more with Jay to wrap things up in just a second. But Built Bar has, of course, as you know, if you listen to the show, all sorts of protein products for you with all the flavors that you could ever possibly ask for. They're constantly coming up with new stuff, throwing it out at you just to kind of see what sticks, honestly. And the new flavor right now, if you've been listening to the show again, you know, cookie dough chunk. I haven't tried it yet. They Again, it's limited. They haven't gotten one to me yet. I haven't gotten on and actually gotten one to my house. But, I mean, it just sounds good, right? Cookie dough chunk, how, how bad could it be? It's hard to mess up cookie dough, right? So head on over to BuiltBar.com, try out that or any other flavor of bar. They have the gels, they have the powders, anything you need. And use our promo code Locked On when you go. Oh no, actually Locked15, check that, Locked15, because you're going to get 15% off your order at BuiltBar.com. Again, Locked15 for 15% off when you go to BuiltBar.com. Just try them out, take a look. You're going to find a flavor that like catches your eye to a point you're going to want to try it out. Uh, we'll have plenty of time to talk about Iowa leading into the big matchup with Penn State. Speaking of Penn State, speaking of great defense, uh, Penn State shut out Indiana. Don't have much to say about the Hoosiers. Indiana fell apart, but it was in really the same way that we've already talked about Indiana falling apart this season. Nothing surprising happened in any way, if you ask me. But really, I just wanted to give another chance to talk about really how good both these teams are playing, Penn State and Iowa. It's going to be a really good matchup this weekend. And Penn State, again, looked really, really good, especially on that defensive side of the football. That's really what I'm most excited about is that these two defenses are playing at a level that should really, really, really amount to a great football game this Saturday. Like that Wisconsin-Penn State game that we had to start the season, that was really just a fun Big Ten football game to watch. Like have that with a, a sprinkle more offensive talent thrown in. And I think you're really going to have some fun out there on Saturday in Penn State. Absolutely. This is a matchup that you want. We want to get more of these amazing matchups throughout the rest of the season. I do think this game will be a big defensive battle. I don't think there, I don't know the over under or the numbers on betonline.ag right now, betting lines or anything like that. But I do think, I do believe this game, you're going to find that the Iowa defense and Penn State defense will flex their muscle and make things very, 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 very tough for both sides. I think Spencer Petras will have a well-managed game. I think Sean Clifford will have a well-managed game. He continues to impress me and play a lot better than I thought he would throughout this season as well. But I probably think this will be early on. We're a week away, about six, six, five, five to six days away. I do think this will be a big defensive battle coming up on Saturday. And I'm curious to see which defense plays better and which offense does just enough to come out victorious. Over-under is pretty low, 42 and a half at the moment. And uh, if you were wondering, minus two and a half 
starting line in Iowa's favor over at betonline.ag, Iowa, the home team. All right, moving on to the rest of the games in the Big Ten. Only other one that I really wanted to make sure we talked about for a second was the Minnesota-Purdue game. I, I have more that I have to discuss on this team later, but really my big thing on it is that, like, I want to find a reason to like turn on the games that these two teams play when they're playing. Like, I really, really want to be able to like, all right, there's a reason for me to watch these games. Somebody's doing something. They haven't given me anything yet. They are meant for each other in this matchup. They seem destined to be smack dab in the middle of the big 10 at the end of this. It just screams average, both Purdue and Minnesota. And I think I was proven right when those two teams took to the field this weekend. Average, huh? You don't I, want to turn on, you don't, you, you don't want to see a monsoon in West Lafayette and watch these two <laughs> teams battling it out uh, in, in, in Indiana. No, I, I don't want to either. I, I don't. Um, Minnesota, it is what it is. Purdue. Okay. It's just one of those, it's just one of those teams where it's one of those things where neither team's exciting. They're both showing numerous flaws on the field. And it's, I'm sure it's not just tough for us to watch. I'm sure it's tough for the coaches to be like, we are better than this. We are better football players than this. Why can't we put things together? It's one of those frustrating things about football. You know what you see in practice. Sometimes those things are translating to the field on Saturdays. I think for both of, those, both of these teams, they are teams that may practice well, but they're not playing well when the game starts. Yeah, it's again like I in the start of the season I was like, all right, Penn, or Purdue could be a good team. Minnesota could be a good team. They've got pieces. They've got exciting pieces. I mean, Minnesota doesn't have Mo Ibrahim anymore, but still, there were things there that made me be like, oh, there's reason to keep an eye on these squads, and it's just been kind of deflating watching them like either lack energy or run out of gas or, or whatever it may be. At times, like, you know, Minnesota destroys Colorado 30 to nothing. And then they're like, oh, okay, maybe we can get back into this. But it's just the next week, not there anymore. I don't know. I guess, of course, we talked about your Buckeyes at the top of the show, Jay, but I don't think we really got that much into the actual matchup, the game itself. I mean, Ohio State – oh, wait, we've already talked oh, – I'm looking I'm ahead to the wrong week now. Ohio State played Rutgers, right? Correct. Yeah, I was. I don't know why my page skipped ahead to the Maryland game next week, but I almost just really confused myself. Ohio State destroyed Rutgers, something I knew, but was being lied to about on the internet. Uh, Fifty-two to thirteen, the final score on the road. Is uh, Rutgers is zero and two in the Big Ten now? I, I don't know. I mean, where are you at with that team? Where are you at with how your team, of course, the Buckeyes, performed in another dominant win for this squad to open the Big Ten? Or not open, I guess they had the opening week, but open the Big Ten schedule consecutively. I don't know. <laughs> Let's go with Rutgers first. I think Rutgers got a little uh, shaken up. They had to start off and play. They played Rutgers first. No, they played Michigan last week and then Ohio State this week. Those are not two teams you want to play on back-to-back weeks. That's not the case. One, Rutgers almost beat Michigan in a very close battle down the stretch. It just seemed like they, like they couldn't put all the pieces together to win at the end of the game. This was a game where Ohio State, however, scored on their opening drive. Noah Vedrill, the, the Ohio Rutgers' first drive. I forget if it was his first pass or second pass. I want to say it was Vedrill's first pass. 
was a pick six from true freshman cornerback Denzel Burke, and everything was everything else was off to the races. I think Ohio State held. They ended up holding Rutgers to not crossing their fifty-yard line, their own fifty-yard line, until the latter part of the first half. It's just this Ohio State team is. I mentioned the guy. I mentioned the guy earlier. I believe I believe it was with you where I talked about how the guys um, weren't in lock. There was a guy that left his team and um, blew up on the sidelines. I think mm-hmm. the focus that we saw with this team, we saw this past Saturday. I think they're more focused because a couple of guys that were seniors are no longer on the team, and they kind of used that and kind of refocused themselves. And it, we're seeing an Ohio State team that when they're hitting on all cylinders, when they get you down early, they know how to put their foot on your neck and not let up. Ohio State very well could have scored 75 points in this game if Ryan Day didn't just back off the gas and say, look, we're going to play ultra-conservative to just keep the clock running, not get anybody hurt, not throw any interceptions, not make any mistakes. It's going to make this very, very easy for us to end this game quickly, for us to go home and go back to Columbus so we can rest up for the very next game. Ohio State's going to be tough, very, very tough. Talk about a really good Iowa team, really good Penn State team. Uh, a Michigan team that looks good. Didn't touch on Michigan State, but they look really good, too. Ohio State, they're number seven in the country in both the coaches' poll and the AP polls, and I do believe it's no fluke, no mistake. They are improving at the right time. Over the next few weeks, you're going to see them climb up those charts. I am also projecting that Oklahoma is going to lose to Texas, so that's kind of the reason why I do think Ohio State will move up the chart after this weekend's games. Yeah, a whole lot of shifting in, I mean, of course, every week that we've seen in college football this season. But this week, of course, especially with the big games on deck, is going to have, of course, some shakeups. But right now, Big Ten, three, four, seven, nine, and 11. It's a dominant conference in college football right now here across the Midwest. Jay Stevens here with us on Locked On Big Ten every single Monday. Jay, before we let you go, anything else on any of the other games that we uh, had from over the weekend? I mean, we, we touched on, I think, everything we needed to, needed to on the big stuff. But, of course, some non-conference games we didn't mention, uh, didn't talk about Northwestern Nebraska, because why? Um, anything else? No, nothing with the other games. I think we hit everything we, we needed to touch on. Just really looking forward to the rest of the season, rest of the Big Ten games. A lot of good matchups. I know... This is a Big Ten conference. I know I mentioned Texas, Oklahoma. That does hold a lot of weight, a lot of weight for how the voters, the committee, college football playoff committee views the Big Ten teams based off the winner and the matchup that is coming up this Saturday. That's pivotal for future, but also what's pivotal is how these teams are playing every single week. And the game, the name of the game is improve, improvement. As you improve, you're going to wow a lot of people and solidify your spot as one of the better or best teams in college football. Jay's back next Monday to go over, of course, Penn State, Iowa, and every other Big Ten matchup that's worth discussing. Jay, where can people get in touch with everything you're doing until then? You can always check out the Jay Stevens podcast. That is going to be coming out very shortly. Um, Love what I'm doing there, just talking about all the general sports, but also Locked on Buckeyes. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, just like Locked on Big Ten. 
A lot of stuff going on with Ohio State. Football season's here. Basketball season will be here before you know it as well, about a month away, less than a month away from basketball teams in the Big Ten Conference starting their exhibition games and then their out-of-conference season as well. Not just Ohio State, but also the other teams around the Big Ten Conference as well. Basketball season will be here before you know it. Always love talking to you, Jay, and picking your brain on everything football. Of course, as you said, basketball season right around the corner, too. And we're looking forward to that, of course, in the Big Ten as well. Until tomorrow, right here on Locked On Big Ten, I'm Nate Dickinson.